welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. Got Clucky Jimmy Lee on my shoulder. She's all excited. It's springtime. As a matter of fact, as we're recording this on Monday night, it's springtime. Yay! Finally, had some good weather here. Imagine we'll get a little more uh, not good weather, but uh, I'm ready for it. I hope everybody else is too in this side of the world. These southern people, welcome to fall. A little housekeeping, just so people know. I got a few um, evergreen episodes, interviews that I've recorded. Um, That would be you, uh, Kate, and a few other people that are out there probably waiting to hear where you're at. But um, try not to wait too long to put them up, but then kind of get these uh, happening now sort of episodes. Not really breaking news, but a little more uh, time-friendly. So you guys, they're coming. Don't worry about it. And uh, they're good. It's not like I'm not going to play them. So, so that's that little bit of housekeeping. So we have one more of Mark Latanzi's books to give away, Squiggly Lines. And I've been trying to think of a good question for it. So here we go. Mark has a hidden talent that his teammates never knew about. And what is that secret talent? So uh, first person who posts it under this week's link on my Facebook page, my personal page, because there's so many places where I put it, um, we'll get a copy of Squiggly Lines. And thanks to Mark for the books that we were able to give away. If you didn't win one, uh, go to the link in the show notes and order one. Um, I will admit I've been reading the copies that uh, Mark sent. And let's just put it this way bathroom reading that they're really I enjoyed them by just like flipping through them and reading parts and sections of it um, I don't know if you if you know navigating or think you know navigating I think that's the best way if you don't and you want to learn just go for it start at the beginning he'll walk you through and you'll be probably way better than I am by the time you get done so I think that's it for now um, Doug and Julie Kreitzer talking about NARS and Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge and uh, where the sport's going. So hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Go fast, take chances, and RIP Chuck Berry. Just a damn shame that my dingling was his only number one record. Sign of the apocalypse. Thanks for listening. Bye. Anybody there? Hello. Hey, legend. Hey. How are you? So, ah, good. I got everything. Looks like everything's running. <laughs> so, it's always surprises me. 
It's always, it's it's kind of simpler when I call because then I control all the devices going off, but because oh. computers going off, phones going off. So, but I'm good. Okay, if everything's good, if you need to call us back, then that's fine too. No, all the dials are reading, dialing, and <laughs> so everything's working. <laughs> but it is. So, and I was even smart enough to know that that was probably you who sent a request, <laughs> and 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 not and not Julia from. From uh, Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for as often as I use Skype, I actually I use it a lot for for business. But I my personal Skype I don't use all that often, so it's uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get into it, but I didn't have too much trouble. Yeah, you know it's funny, and I'm always tell people well, if, if you don't have a Skype, we can use Facebook. Works really well too anymore. So mm. I didn't um, even know you could. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, you just go in the chat, and there's a little little uh, telephone icon. Oh yeah, I guess because so. Messenger, I I have called people on my phone on Messenger before. Yeah. yeah, or if they don't have all that, I can just yeah. call their telephone. I've even called landlines. You would think I worked for a technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so yeah. funny! I don't even know how the computer works. <laughs> you you. Uh, you put that little arrow on something and you push a push a That's button. That's right. What else do you need to know? <laughs> the sad thing is, I do work for a technology firm now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as long as long as you're not designing software, I think we're That's okay. That's true. I just manage the people who design software, <laughs> which is like ten times harder. Right. It's true. So, yeah. do you have do you have a lot of people you manage that? Can't look you in the eye when they talk to you. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> challenging at times. Very challenging. Yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah. stereotypes are yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're a hell of a lot more interesting than I am. That's for sure. So, well, I don't know about Perhaps. that, but <laughs> it depends on who you find well, interesting. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So everything's good. With you? Huh. Everything is really good, especially since I brought my phone back from the dead today. Oh, nice. so, what happened? Um, I was texting last night, came home, we watched some TV, I went out to get it, and it was completely dead. It had been on the charger in my car, mm-hmm. and um, nothing, wouldn't power on, Ooh. and I'm like, brick the phone, how did it do that? And so then today I got a little, looked online a little bit. And when your phone won't do anything, your iPhone, if you press the home button and the power button for 10 seconds, it'll usually start up again. Huh. And now it's fine. Huh. So, you know, and it was like, God, I'm going to have to spend like all day tomorrow trying to figure it out and look for a phone. And, you know, it's just like, I don't want to have to do that. Now I yeah. don't. So, and now I'm talking to you. <laughs> so, so everybody, welcome to Tech Talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh Lord! So, all right. Where should we start? Fire away, Randy. (laughs) Um, Nars. Nars. We're having. We've made a huge. No, not Mars. (laughs) (laughs) With an N. So, what kind? What time did you guys start drinking wine today? I have only had one beer. Oh, unfortunately. So, like a no. 
Yeah. Well, maybe you should have had more. <laughs> so a lot of lot of things have been happening, and you've been like inst- instigating a lot of it. So you know what? Just I have. You know, I, I realized that after several years that. I really wasn't giving it the direction or the energy that it needed and required. Mm-hmm. As well, I really wasn't uh, defining the goals for the organization, the outcomes. And and that's why I wrote the manifesto, Randy. I really felt like we needed to clear the air and get some direction going. And And when that happened, boy, people just came out of the woodwork. And the energy has been fantastic. Uh, cool. A lot of, you know, a lot of people that were doing stuff with us before are still there and a lot of new people have come on board so i'm really really excited about it i'm excited to bring another championship to a place that's been neglected for far too long and i'm really excited to be coming to the midwest uh working Mm -hmm. with ryan ryan wade up there who who's a newer adventure racer but is very passionate about it and and uh i think it's going to be a tremendous championship but but more important than that is, is you know, kind of defining some direction for the sport and trying to figure some things out that are going to help us grow. And I see a lot of that occurring, especially in that Midwest mountain region. There are a lot of great race directors mm-hmm. out there, and you know, in Iowa and Nebraska and in Illinois. And, and uh, it's encouraging to me to know that, you know, we can be a part of that and bring a championship there. Um you know, looking at Gold Rush last year, I mean, there hadn't been a championship in California for I don't know how long. Yeah. And it needed to happen. And, boy, that they do a fantastic job with our race. Uh, we're thinking about even going back out there yeah. this year. Um, it's beautiful up there in the Sierras, and, and they're just really a good organization that do a fantastic job. So going to keep trying to do that, going to keep trying to grow it. And, you know, it's – a game changer now that the licensing fees. So this past weekend, uh, the Swamp Fox down in South Carolina, Steve's been producing that for a long time, and and uh, it was our first licensed NARS race. Uh, over 160 racers. So to have sanctioning fees and licensing fees, they can go toward media buys. They can go toward grants for you know, educational platforms such as academies for kids. Uh, I think that's very important, and I think that that's going to be a big difference maker for adventure racing. I really do. Yeah, certainly needs something. So it's interesting to me that the sport, like the real growth in the sport is in the Midwest. It's like... Why? Where are all the California peoples? I mean, Colorado is in in you know that group, Nomad and and Jason. Yeah. Those guys are are starting, but it's like, why is is it just hard to put on races in California? I don't know that it's that. I, I think that there's a couple of good companies out there. Obviously, Gold Rush yeah. is the preeminent uh, one of the preeminent companies in the country as far as their longevity yeah. and. Uh, the, the level of race that they produce. Um, they've been doing it as long as American Adventure Sports, nearly 20 years. And mm-hmm. when, you know, being out there with that organization, because there's a lot of people involved with Gold Rush, 
and getting to see them work together, you understand why they're they're so solid and why they're still doing it after all these years because they're really like a family. You know, they're very close knit group and and very supportive, and they just have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, the folks down in San Luis Obispo, they do a great job, too, and they get good yeah. numbers at their race. Uh, but California is a big state. You would think that there would be more adventure races being produced out there. Um, those are really the two that I think about. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't know anybody else out there than those two. And it's just like – I mean, it used to be like when – I first started doing a lot of stuff online and with media. There was like Bay Area racers, right? And, you know, uh, it seemed like there was like a half a dozen like Facebook groups out there, and they're all, you know, hasn't been a post in four or five years. So yeah, and, and you mm-hmm. remember when the Balance Bar was the the series, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. athletes were being paid really well. A lot of those elite athletes were coming out of California. Uh, it was yeah. really East Coast, West Coast. It was California uh, with with balance, Team Balance Bar, Team Red Bull, uh, Team High Tech Epinephrine, and then Pennsylvania with Fog Dog, um, Sevilar, Timex, and then uh, the, company, the the race team that was a two-time national championship team, uh, Nature Cure. Um, and, and that was really it, but, but there were a lot of different organizations – you know, like the Big Blue up in Tahoe, and there's some great races going on there, uh, and, and even series, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I really see the biggest growth spurt is in the Midwest right now. Um, I was really determined to get a championship there this year. Um, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to really move the championship around. We're not going to be an East Coast organization. Um and I think that's important to the growth of the sport. I also yeah. think that adventure racing as a whole, if you look at Steve's race, the Swamp Fox, if you look at uh, adventure enablers, if you look at Mark up in Michigan, you know, with a couple hundred racers at many of his races, yeah. I think the sport is on a growing trend again right now. And I, th- I think we're yeah. going to see quite a bit of growth the next couple of years. Uh, there was an interesting Cy Sack, who I'm proud to say is going to be uh, the head of research and analytics for North American Adventure Racing Series. Uh, he's cool. a tremendous asset. He's a great guy. And he's really going to help us understand, uh, you know, where the growth is, where the trends are, which is obviously going to help all these race promoters and race directors uh, do a better job of, of growing. But you, you see there's a lot of races around the country right now that are attracting hundreds of people. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that was interesting talking to Ryan Wade up in Iowa City there, who's who's the guy that said, you know, we want to do it big. We want to do a prize purse. Can we get you up here? You know, Ryan was an obstacle course racer for many, many, many years. And last okay. year did an adventure race. And he told me, he said, I'm hooked. I'll never, I'll never do another obstacle course race. Um, so I think we need to, you know, try to target those athletes that are looking for a newer and greater challenge. And mm-hmm. just most importantly, we need to use sanctioning fees and licensing fees 
to to buy advertising for the sport, you know, and yeah. uh, and that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. I think it's gonna be good. We also want to use some of those funds for grants for um, any organizations that are working with youth that are bringing youth along. We probably with American Adventure Sports in the past eleven years worked with more than a thousand children between the age of 6 and 12 at the Junior Naturalist Outdoor Adventure Camp. And some of these kids are in college now. They work for me. They're they're employees, Uh, which is awesome to see. But we teach them paddle boarding. We teach them kayaking, canoeing, water rescue, orienteering, wilderness survival, uh, ropes. And, you know, just start to build that passion for the outdoors and outdoor adventure at a very early age. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. yeah, it is. So the easy question, then we'll get into the hard ones, is how long How long is it going to be before somebody could actually make a living being an adventure racer? <laughs> you know what? what? That's a good question. Uh, that's a fair question. Too. Well, I, think, I mean, because it, it, there was a day yeah. when athletes were. Absolutely. You know, Part of the thing that drives me, Randy, is that I benefited a lot from being a part of that generation of racers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you look at Balance Bar, you look at Fog Dog and Red Bull and High Tech, and these team, these these athletes were getting paid thousands of dollars a race, and were being flown all over the place. Didn't want for anything, and a lot of that was because of what, you know, two of our our Hall of Famers did, that that being Mark Burnett with the original uh, Eco Challenge. And, you know, um, the folks at High Tech and Balance Bar, Michael did such a good job at bringing racing to the masses and legitimizing it by promoting and paying athletes. Um, Things have changed very much in a lot of ways. I think that we have... As good of, as good of, if not better, racers today than we did then, except for the, you know, the rare people like, you know, like Mike Closer. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But I think a lot of our athletes are, are equal to the task then, uh, now as they were then. The difference is that the TV medium has changed quite a bit. And mm-hmm. there's just not those type of opportunities uh, since 2008, I do see some small advances here and there. Um, but as far as the media, the medium of TV, it's a much different animal now. Very different. Yeah. And I know, I think as we talked about Stevie's here helping me. That's who's making all the noise. Um, <laughs> that TV, even today when nobody watches TV, TV still is kind of king, isn't it? It is. It is. It's interesting. When I talked to National Geographic, uh, they didn't want to talk about TV. All they wanted to talk about was the Internet. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just received an email. I was joking with Julie about it from uh, the first My Mountain Adventure Challenge. Uh, A company in, in France had been doing distribution on that. And they sent us an email and said, hey, this is what you got coming to you. We need to send you a check. Send us an invoice. Uh, so now I can probably afford to buy a new pair of running shoes. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you know how that is. But it's interesting that in other countries, more so than the United States, uh, that's still the way to go. But in the U.S., it's it's a much different animal as far as TV as a medium for that type mm-hmm. of endurance competition. So, well, it is. I mean, that's the thing with you know Primal Quest in Tahoe. You know, outside TV was there. Great. You know, you think that's a big deal. Yeah. And then it was only available on one satellite, you know, dish or whoever, you know. So, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, there's a TV deal, but nobody gets to see it. Right. So it's kind of the same thing, you know. When we did the Buy Mountain Adventure Challenge with then NBC Universal Sports, you know, it's a little niche network. That if it's not yeah. in your package, you're not going to get to see it. Yep. You know? So I, I really think that like the folks at National Geographic do that the internet is the future. Like I'm, I'm actually wanting to, even though it's still in distribution to just cut ties with the original my mountain adventure challenge and just get it out on the internet because I want yeah. to get as many views as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and then you, you need to cut it so yeah. people can watch it in little tiny bits. Right. And, uh, although, this this may be just confirmation bias on me because I like a longer form video, but I am starting to see some things that are a little bit longer that uh, you know on YouTube that that actually have a large number of views. So yeah, maybe maybe the pendulum is kind of swinging. I mean, I I really have this problem with writing. Um, Anne Marie Dunhill and I have discussed this a lot. I would love to see longer articles available online yeah you know not not just six paragraphs on one page on sleep monsters which not knocking sleep monsters but man sometimes if you could just and not have to go to a page every you know keep flipping pages it's just a nice long in-depth article that you could read but right i may be i may be weird that way no i mean you know the last major article and i have a copy of it right over here I think it was in American Airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a four or five no, page. It was the old Airtran. It was a yeah, it was Airtran. It was in their airline magazine, which oh, is a yeah. great place to be because a lot of potential clients for adventure racing promoters are business people mm-hmm. who are flying, you know. And yeah. that magazine gets read over and over and over again. But it was a four or five page feature, and uh, <clears throat> with great photos. That was about five years ago, something like that. Six years ago. Yeah, it's been a while, but we, we did that article with them. I really want to focus on airline magazines. I think they're a great, great place to get the word out and into the right um, people's hands, so to speak, you know. Yeah. What about, like, online magazines? Is there any worth to those? Do you, do you think enough people look at them, or is it better just to – I don't know. Have it on Facebook. I think that I think that it's coming. You know what I mean. I think that online mm-hmm. is going to be how you get most of your media, whether it's reading yeah. a magazine or watching a show. I think it's mostly all going to be mm-hmm. through your computer within the next five to ten years. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of you know getting it published to getting it out there. I'd like to see. You know, I've had some discussions with a couple of different publishers that that publish multiple magazines, both um, 
printed and online about producing another adventure racing magazine. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's some interest, um, but, you know, it's, is, is money there yet? I don't know. Um, it's all about selling advertising. So if they can sell advertising, they'll publish the magazine. And if you go into any, any bookstore, I mean, look at all the magazines on the, on the same, the same or similar subjects. Well, yeah, and the reason why is because they're all selling advertising. So uh, there's yeah. not one out there about adventure racing. I would really or expedition. I'd really like to see that. So I'm going to keep rattling rattling the phones and knocking on doors and see if I can co- convince somebody to do it. You know. Yeah, maybe you can grow the uh, obstacle race people into right. a real sport. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, but what? If you could get a four-page feature in one place, one magazine, what do you think would be the best? The magazine? What? Yeah, let's say yeah, let's yeah. Well, let's let's expand that. Okay, you get four pages in a magazine, pick the magazine, and you get uh, 15 minutes on TV, where would you want it to be? I, I would probably go with a magazine. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and even even beyond that, I would probably go with, like, the New York yeah. Times or Wall Street Journal. We've spent a lot of time talking about writing um, articles for the weekend editions of both New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, just because a lot of – I mean, just a, the distribution, one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, two, right, I mean, that taps into a market that even if they aren't – they don't want to participate. It's something that they like to follow. Um, and so there, there's oftentimes there are a lot of articles in those publications um, and, you know, something like the Wall Street Journal's Weekend Magazine uh, or something about outdoor interactivities. Um, and when, you know, uh, certain adventures that, that perhaps the staff will go on and, uh, just almost like opening the eyes to of the broader audience to something they didn't know about um, mm-hmm. that just kind of plants a seed uh, and maybe starts a movement, right? This is a good place to start. Um, yeah. I, I think yeah. where we are right now, that would be a great place to, to plant an article, a good, good article. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think beyond that, it would be it would be a different story. I think there certainly is room for uh, a, a periodic uh, and, and continuing uh, media to, con- to to build the sport up more. Uh, and, and then to your point, right? Like, what is that? I, I think online is the the right medium for reaching the broader adventure racing community just because they're so spread out around the globe. And, um, you know, Sleep Monsters does a wonderful job of being like a a single source of information for a lot of different races across the world. Um, And and they're able to reach, you know, everybody just about, uh, and, and, and they do a fantastic job of coverage. But you're right, I think there would be more, there, there's, there's an appetite for some of those longer articles and some of the uh, broader conversation around the sport of adventure racing that you'd almost like to start seeing some 
editorial articles about the sport itself as opposed to just conversation. Um, and, and that's one of the things that the AR discussion group on Facebook, I think, taps into a little bit. Um, but also something that the NARS is hoping to tap into as well because, uh, you know, we, we often talk about how you know, one of the things that we know exists out there in the community is a lot of passion for the sport in a lot of mm-hmm. different uh, areas, right? Whether it's, you know, in gear and gear development or it's in developing the sport or it's in media and advertising or whatever it is. There's, there's, there's always people out there that are willing to put in the time so how do we create a central organization that taps into that and then creates an economy of scale and allows people to start doing things much easier because they have some support behind them by by tapping into that that what everybody has to offer um, and then so hopefully we can use some of um, the the income from the NARS and the fees to start those types of of conversations and, um, and, and media and advertising that then starts to generate more energy in the sport. Like, like there used to be. Yeah. I I understand that. I often joke. It's like, how could there be adventure racing in 2001 without an internet? How did people, how did people hook up? How did they find about races? It's just, yeah. List serves. It was all about. (laughs) (laughs) I can remember in, this was in the 90s because we were living in Sioux Falls, and I searched adventure races, and I found um, – oh, shoot. Now I can't think of his name. There were, on, on a Harvard listserv, one page of like – a list of like 10 adventure races in the world. Yeah. And, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. kids, you don't know how well you have it today. Yeah. Back in our day, we had to walk 10 miles through the snow just to – Find I'll a computer to way. log I'll on to. Both ways. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I always no. I got to ride to school every morning, but I had to walk home. <laughs> so, so, um, where, where do you guys see? Look how smooth I'm going to be. I'm going to segue. But where? What do you guys think would be? What would you like to see for coverage? Next year's Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge. TV, live TV, live streaming, photos. What do you what do you think it needs? You know, what do you think an adventure race needs to grow? Well, I think live streaming is is definitely one of the best things that you can do and you know, and that yeah. includes not just video but photography and commentary. Right? Yeah. Uh, the challenge that we faced and then a lot of adventure races of that magnitude face uh, throughout the globe are that it's, it's really hard to communicate out in these locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting. One of the things that Julie and I noted a couple weeks ago when we were down there on that incredible reconnaissance, it was amazing, uh, was how much we had uh, good cell coverage, how much we had good uh, Wi-Fi available to us out on the race course, which was kind of a mind blower, really. Uh, yeah. But I think live streaming is the key. Uh, man, to be able to televise something like that live, you could do it on the internet. I don't know about, 
it would be so ridiculously expensive to do it on TV. Uh, yeah. But we could do some semblance of that live on the internet, you know? Yeah. Well, I've, I've told the story a bunch of times, but in Australia, world, you know, up on the top of the mountain at the trek, and, you know, all of a sudden my phone starts going off, and I was, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere, and I have, excuse me, a 4G feed, and I was, I did a couple of live interviews. Nice. So, you know, that was because we were on a mountain, and there was nothing between us and wherever the tower was, but, but um, yeah, I'm finding that, yeah, it, and it, if you can just like chat with a racer or even just, you know, this is what's been happening. Yeah. But uh, the immediacy of it, I mean, I've kind of quit doing like a daily video at the end of the day because if we can do, I'm, what I'm finding for me and from the people that watch what I do is they want to see pictures all day yeah. long and, and as many live updates, even if it's me. Saying, "Hey, this is where I am." Kind of cool, yeah. huh? So, but it's that immediacy, and then, and then I think a little bit, you know, afterwards maybe a little bit more long form. But um, yeah, they they want it, they want it, and they want it now, right? right? Yeah. And as much as you can give them, you know. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, we can talk can. about that, Randy. Some way that we can do commentary, and maybe have somebody, you know, appointed to be out there with you. At different junctures, giving updates and interviewing athletes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, my joke is: is you need me and an idiot. That would be me, and you need her who who knows what's happening. We when we were in in Portugal covering that the Norcia race. Yeah. I mean, we were getting three thousand views a video. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I personally think it's all because of me, but <laughs> what? Thank you. Anne-Marie might argue. Hey, take credit, brother. <laughs> I do because she's not here. But, but um, yeah, having somebody that really knows. Um, I know my friend Paul Ayers in, in New Zealand has been trying to do commentary on the dot watching for the, for World Series races. And um, it's kind of nice to have somebody like that, even if they're sitting at home, right. that can comment on the on what's happening. Well, that's what Cowboy so. Tough, what, what – um Adventure enablers did with with Cowboy Tough as well. I mean, they had uh, remote um, updates going. Yeah, he was at home, uh, and that seemed to work very, very well. In fact, it's something that mm-hmm. we've talked about, um, maybe trying to mimic. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. as it turns out, this time around, we'll be a little bit better off um, for, from a coverage perspective. I mean, there's. I, you were there last time. I mean, you know what? How many yeah. challenges we faced with with uh, communication and connectivity. Yeah. And yeah. you know, there's something to be said certainly for going into some of these remote locations and um, you know taking the course where we did last time. And uh, you, you, there's a lot of benefit to that, and there's a lot of drawback. But this time around, we certainly wanted to put together a course that was. Um, you know, much more, uh, you know, uh, media friendly. friendly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you hate to say it, right? But it's kind of what it has right, to be. It is. And, but it's not just about media. I mean, it's about, yeah. it's, it's logistics and, and course management yeah. as well. I mean, it presented just yeah. as many challenges to right. us last year 
from a course management perspective, Mm -hmm. not being able to communicate as easily. Now, we managed through it, and we didn't have any big issues. We had satellite phones, but it raises the cost of the race, too. I mean, we had satellite Mm -hmm. phones and satellite Internet connection, and those still weren't even dependable. Um, And then there were still at times where we – we couldn't communicate with some people. And, uh, and again, I mean, we managed through it, but it certainly wasn't easy and certainly not something that we want to do absolutely every year. And so this year when we put together the course, um, you know, we were really, you know, it, it will be not only more media friendly, but it will be more spectator friendly too, which is also beneficial to the sport because, you know, it's, it's really nice to have a race where people can actually come out and watch and, and, and get involved when, when racers are coming through. Uh, and then family members can come down as well. Cause one of the things we've always had in Belize is, um, what seems to be a very strong contingent of, of racers who actually bring their families and then stay for a while. So, um, mm-hmm. so this course is, is is very different from the last one in the sense that uh, it's a it's a bit more accessible um, over much more of the course than in previous years but certainly not sacrificing any of the uh, adventure and uh, uh, and excitement that we that we've had in the past either Uh, this this race course is all about adventure and I mean it is so beautiful if you saw the video or some of the pictures our yeah. minds have been blown. Yeah. We went down there to see if we could put another one together, hoping that we would come away with enough course to say, yep, let's put it on a schedule. We're doing this, right? We left with mm-hmm. a race course, which we did not anticipate. Not only not only that, but we think it's by far the, the most beautiful adventurous course to date. By far. So, yeah, cool. it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy what you're going to see, buddy. <laughs> I mean – you know, you've seen a lot already with, you know, the St. Cole in the cave and man, it's, it's a whole different ball yeah. game in this one. And I know that our racers are going to love it. It's so freaking gorgeous and lush. Yeah. See, now the one thing, and I know we're going to do this year at Cowboy Tough, they kind of did last year. We're going to expand on it is to shoot the course beforehand so that like during the race, can pull up videos, you know, post videos saying, all right, this is where they're going now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's going to be a good thing because then people in real time, you know, dot watching whoever are going to say, oh, that's what they're going through. That, that sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We shot a lot of videos <laughs> already. Uh, yeah. And I did a so, lot of those little, those little intros that, that we posted the other day, we have a bunch more of those to release. Uh, cool. Man, what, what we were most amazed with was just the wildness of it, you know, like being in the Chicky Bowl. But this area where we are is much more lush. And, mm. again, the rivers just – it seems like everywhere you go, oh, I have my own waterfall. Oh, do you? Is it any good? Yes, yeah, it's 400 feet high. Would you like to see it, you know? It's like, yeah, we'd like to see that. Uh, yeah. And uh, do you want to swim through a cave for six or seven miles? Yeah, let's do that. You know, um, big, yeah. big repels. It, it, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And having a course done and now being old, all, all we're talking about is how do we make it even better? You know what I mean? What else can we mm-hmm. do? What? Where else can we go? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but to your point, Randy, I mean, it's um, it's important for people to understand, and, and I've had this conversation actually a couple times via AR discussion group and some other things, but um, it, it's important for people to understand how much work actually goes into filming a race. Oh, that's crazy. Um, mm. I mean, it's like you said, like, the, you know, you're going out actually in advance and, and shooting some of these the sections of the race course. It's embedding... Um, film crews and, and, and videographers with some of the teams, which means they have to have not only the athletic ability to keep up, right, but the ability to manage a camera and equipment at the same time as well. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing is back when, you know, when uh, Eco Challenge and Primal Quest was you know, getting off in the, like, 15 years ago, right, you had to have, a, like, a whole contingent of other, a, a film crew who could actually go out with several different teams. GoPros eliminate the need for that as much anymore, but still, yep. you still have to send a couple of folks out. Um, you know, and then there's the production of all of that and the movement of the different film crew across the, across the race course. And, uh, you know, so you need more people and more staff to be able to manage that as well. And, um, it, it's something that's incredibly important for the growth of the sport, right? So it's, I think we all can agree that filming these races and telling the story uh, in a compelling and dramatic way uh, will yeah. contribute to the growth of the sport. Absolutely. And no doubt. I mean, I know there's some race directors who don't like to include uh, or to allow team dedicated media out on the course because uh, you know, they, they worry about them giving away information to the team that's unfair uh, but to be honest with you, I think we need more of those people. I mm -hmm. think if we had yeah. more team-dedicated media members, um, it, it would make our jobs a lot easier. Um, and then we could all share some of that that content and, and get it out there. But, um, you know, I, I really think that the more we can open up these races to media, to live media, and to active media, meaning more of them out on the course – uh, you know, I, th I think that can only do good things for the sport. And so we've always been open to that, um, at, at the My Mountain Adventure Challenge. And, but, but, but I do want everybody to understand, right, that it's, it is hard, especially if you're a race director and you're trying to produce a race at the same time. Um, mm. you know, it's, it, it's, it's very challenging and you need more staff and you need more support to actually get that done. But certainly something that we're all dedicated to doing. Yeah, it's really tough. What what I'm kind of hoping and maybe seeing a little bit of is convincing racers to carry a camera and and yep. filming themselves. Don't film the scenery; we don't care. Right. <laughs> Turn it around and talk to right. it. Um, and that and hopefully not when you're just feeling good, but when you're feeling pretty miserable. If if we could start to get that little and we're and we're never going to get that from the top three teams because they're you know they're racing, but pretty much everybody else can take you know a, two or three minutes a day to do that. That could add so much to right. it. But that's the piece that's the often overall. missing, right? Because the top teams, yes. the top teams often do have their own media people, and so they cover that for yeah. the teams. It's the the yeah. story in the middle of the pack that's often missing mm -hmm. from the story, and that's where a lot of the Drama happens, yeah, and a lot of the good stories. Yep. 
So, yeah, I do yeah. think that we need to encourage more people to do self-filming, um, yeah. certainly, and, and then, again, share some of that information. I, I think that's also important. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. We got a lot of good video last time from, from the uh, videographer who was running with Adventure Medical Rescue. And, yeah. uh, I mean, some really great stuff that's going to be in there. And, and they did a good job of, like you said, turning the camera on themselves and, and telling us what was happening. Uh, mm -hmm. I watched uh, probably the, the 12th edit uh, while we were in Belize. It looks mm -hmm. pretty good. It, it's definitely it's yeah. definitely better f filmmaking than the first My Mountain Adventure Challenge, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, but uh, this one's yeah. a lot better. Uh, so now we're dialing that in, and uh, you know we still got to do sound and color and narration, but we're getting there, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be another uh, tremendous story to be shared. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, people don't know either is how much how much work there is afterwards yeah, that's if you're producing something like that. I mean, I think people kind of do anymore just because people tend to be a little more media savvy, right. but, but it's a, it's a ton of work to make it all look. Yeah. Good. When you've got uh 300 hours of film and you're trying to get it into 44 minutes or 64 minutes, where do you start? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, when Paulette came back from the Pyrenees, she brought like five hours and I like, Oh, and you're, Okay, yep. let's just go through and see where the crappy sound is, and we'll start by getting rid of that. It's not a, necessarily a bad idea, right? <laughs> no, no. And then you get to the points where it's like, oh man, this is really, this is really good, but the damn wind. What do we do? All right, let's let's. Yeah, you know, a little bit of bad sound if it's really good content is okay, sort right? Of, but it's hard. So, um, it appears. The people are ready for next year's race. I've seen a lot of really positive um, yeah. comments. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a good turnout. We know already, and uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we face is just getting enough good boats in Belize. Uh, even though canoeing, yeah. as you saw in the video of Ruta Maya, canoeing is obviously huge there. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't think any of those races are going to lend us their $5,000 Kevlar's or Cedar Canoes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's kind of narrow-minded. You, know you know what was amazing? After four days of racing, Randy, the top three teams finished within 15 seconds of each other. That's, uh, yeah. And after three days, the first yeah. three days, they were the, ter the top two were within a second of each other. Like all three days, they finished within a second. It was it was really crazy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, I I hate that when you're on the uh, bad end of the second because it's like oh right. if I just yeah think of all those places. It's almost better to lose by an hour. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, we're excited. We're excited. We're we've been encouraged certainly by the response that we've gotten. Um, and uh, are really looking forward to putting together a. a uh, an exciting course for everybody and, and one that's um, competitive for mm -hmm. right the 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 higher ranked teams, right? And but also doable for, for all the teams. Um, I you know, I think that's that's always a challenge for a race director. Um, and certainly mm -hmm, yeah. one that we faced last year being it was our first AR World Series race, um, which we were very excited about. Uh, but you know it's you, you want to put together 
um, like I said, a, a, a competitive and challenging course for some of the top teams in the world, uh, while also knowing that you've got people who have never done an adventure race before. Uh, so yeah. we, um, I think this time again, and, and last year's race was, was a little bit different just because we had an opportunity that we wanted to capitalize on. Uh, we knew we would only have it once. Uh, and so, you know, going to some of those locations was, was challenging in its own right. Um, uh, but it was very different than the first year, um, that we did it. And I think this year we're going to go back towards the model that we did in the first year, um, again, which was uh, a, a a very doable race course that, that yeah. that's challenging um, in, in its own right, just by virtue of some of the terrain um, and then some of the navigation as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys feel that like last year was an adventure race, and this year it's going to be back maybe more like an adventure race? <laughs> I, I think that's. <laughs> I I think I really do. And you know what's I know I've been racing for a long time. Um, We all know there's both types. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's uh, yeah, I I definitely think that there were um, there were some aspects of last year's race that were uh, very expedition like. Yeah, very expedition like. Um, And certainly not only from. Um, uh, a length and difficulty perspective, but literally from a point that no one's been in those locations. Um, so trail systems and roads just don't exist. Uh, and so that, again, you know, that was something that it was an opportunity we just didn't want to pass up. And, and I think most racers, um, really appreciated it for that, um, you know, but but you're right. That's that's actually a good way to put it, right? I mean, it's that was very much more adventure, um, and mm-hmm. secondarily, uh, you know, still a race, but not a, a race right. in the sense that you would traditionally think. Um, I, I do think this year's race is going to be more of a uh, of a race. I, yeah. I think that's that's quite. It's going to be more. It's going to be more adventure and more race. Yeah, yeah. We certainly aren't yeah. sacrificing any of the adventure in this one. No, nah, this is so much <laughs> adventure. Some cool stuff. Yeah. So, um, okay, two questions on the race. Is it going to be a World Series race, and when's the entries going to open? Uh, we're we're going to open the entries up fairly soon. We're 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 just about ready for that. You know, we don't need to rush it. Uh, yeah. And you know, we're going to do whatever's best for the race. You know, why we're there? We're there to support okay. Friends for Conservation Development. Uh, we've done a really good job with that. Uh, we did. Um, did like having you know Adventure Med Rescue there last year and a couple of other teams. Yeah. Uh, that was nice. Uh, really didn't see a tremendous benefit from it being an AR. Our numbers mm-hmm. didn't go up at all; they stayed flat. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, Craig's doing a lot of things well, and and uh, if yeah. it's what's best for our race, then that's what we'll do. Yeah. So you just you don't know yet. You don't know. We need to talk to Craig and figure yeah. out really what's best for the race. Yeah. Yeah, There's, yeah. um, you know, I, I like to consider to the opportunity for the racers, uh, because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the more qualifiers there are out there, the better it is right. for the, the series and the championship. Um, so we're, we certainly are, are taking that into consideration, but again, I mean, uh, we, we also have to consider, uh, you know, what works for us and, um, 
what the benefits are to, uh, to, to the actual race. And so, uh, we've got a couple conversations yet that we still need to have. Um, and, uh, that we should know, I would think sometime soon, but registration will be open within the next, I would think week or two here. Yeah. That's good. So, and, um, how happy are you that there's not a big race in the Pantanal <laughs> three months before your yeah, race? Yeah, that killed us, you know. <laughs> I, I know. It really did, Yeah, didn't we it? had a lot of teams that were scheduled to do our race that uh, backed out because they uh, – Just can't do it again. Jungle. They, they said they didn't want to go in the jungle. And You know what people yeah. know now that have been to Belize is that we've got a pretty good handle on this thing. Uh, yeah. We're managing this really well. We have an excellent support team with both um, – Friends for Conservation Development, the Belize Defense Force, and also uh, the Belize Disaster and, and Rescue Team. So yeah. uh, we're, you know, we know what we're doing. Uh, we we had that course dialed in within a few minutes and a few miles the entire way, uh, both both years. And uh, yeah. we've really worked on building these relationships that are going to make uh, make it an even greater event this year. And we've got some things going on some interesting conversations that we'll have that we'll be doing some media releases about I would think in the near future that are going to be really exciting so cool alright we're going to finish up with a fun question are you up for it I'm, I'm up you know us buddy I'm always up okay. for it so you each, each of you have to answer this separately and I've actually asked this question about to about three or four people already but I keep putting their podcast back because I keep getting little – they're kind of like evergreen ones, so I keep pushing them back when I get like, oh, let's talk about NARS and Maya Mountain because it's kind of on everybody's radar. So I apologize to those people a little bit. <laughs> but here's the question. It's a bucket list question. So you get to do one more race in your lifetime, and you got to pick three teammates. can be anybody – Anytime, but you can't have raced with them before. Oh wow! So, oh, dang. This and it's, I've had really interesting answers. So, um, we'll make Doug go first. You know what? Well, I competed against a lot of great people when I was racing with Fog Dog, and uh, one of the guys that always cracked me up. He's not racing so much anymore. Was Paul Romero? But uh, yep. he was a great, great competitor. He's still a great competitor, and he's he's a really fun guy. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think also somebody who I I really ad- admired. Um, I, I don't think I could ever keep up with him. Obviously, would be uh, if I could race with Mike. Mike, that'd be that'd be a real honor because he is the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Closer, obviously. Yeah. Uh, from from a female standpoint, mm, I don't know, man. I've, I've only raced with probably really only only a couple gals, Sue Falvey and you know and and Julie a couple times. You know, I was lucky that being on Fog Dog that we always raced with the same team. I don't know. I'd really have to think about that. I'm, I'm gonna let Julie go ahead with a couple. Well, what's your race? What race would you do? Oh, what race? Dang. Yeah, I, I'd I'd have to say God Zone. Yeah, that'd be my. That'd you be know, it's it's a bucket zone. It's bucket. a it's a bucket list, and bucket. It, it's a it's a tremendous event, obviously, and uh, and I yeah. want to get there anyhow. So I'd I'd go and spend a couple months, you know, and really have a full experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you got it. We'll let you think about a female. 
I don't have to, I don't have to worry about the female question. <laughs> nope. No. But I might, I might actually throw a female in there. Um, uh, yeah, can. well, God, it would definitely be God's own for me without a doubt. Um, certainly one place that I've always wanted to go. Um, and, uh, would be a bucket list item because I don't know that we would be able to go more than once, but, mm. um, you know, the teammate question is, is, uh, it's hard. I have raced with a lot of different people and, um, you know, it's always, what I love is that, you know, that I always, I, I most appreciate regardless of how fast or slow we, you know, we go is just solid people, just racing yeah. with solid people, um, mm-hmm. and, and people who can get through anything and, um, you know, still have a relatively cheerful outlook, um, on things. And, uh, yeah, when it comes down to actually uh, picking people, I don't, um, I mean, names are hard to come up with at the moment. Um, I, I do, I do know I mean, some women. I, I think Kristen Eddie, who was a teammate, but I, ne- I never oh, raced with her and I adore her and we're good friends. And I'll tell you who else would be interesting because I've competed against her several times and she's always really tough and it always came down to the wire is abby perkis uh from uh rootstock she's yeah i think she would be a great teammate so that that rounds out my team all the pressures on julia i know oh my gosh um yeah oh my gosh that's really hard i i love my yeah i love my teammates so much i mean um I mean, if I really had to go back, I mean, I would, you know, I, I would want to race with, you know, certainly some of the greats. Like if I could, you know, if, if John Howard came back to adventure racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's legit. You can pick anybody. Yeah, the ability to learn from someone like that would just be hands down, I mean, the most amazing opportunity. Um and again, same thing, like with a, with a Mike closer, I think just, and from what I know of Mike, again, I mean, it, I, you have, I've spent very little time with him, but when I've been out on a race course with him, um, you know, he's so aware of what's going on all the time, not only with him, but with everybody who's out there, um, and what's needed when, and, and, um, uh, you know, and, and how, how to get how to get everybody kind of moving forward um and then so i guess maybe that's too um but um you might have to give me a couple minutes for the (laughs) the last (laughs) one but you know i've always been inspired by the people who got me into the into the sport right and um you know back into the uh, you know, the, the Robin Benin Casas and the, um, you know, and the Ian Adamson's and the Mike Closers and the Donnell's. And, and so, I mean, if I really had a bucket list team, um, or if I could even just be like an ant on their pack while they were doing a race, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like that would, that would be, um, that would be really cool. And, uh, it, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good answer, even though you haven't finished it. So I, I will I'll, I'll, I'll update okay. you when I think of it. Okay. All right. Here's here's the final question. Do you guys were you were you fans of the Sons of Anarchy TV show? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm an outlaw, man. You know, so, and, and and there's a reason why. Because the Hall of Fame, nine people, 
Sons of Anarchy, Sam Crow was the original nine members. So, <laughs> oh well, there's definitely anarchy involved. Uh, yeah, I think so. so. In, in, in a good way. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, cool. I got to feed the dog. Paul, that's got to do some work. So I'm going to say goodbye to that. Cool? Randy, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for all um, that you do for our sport. You're welcome. And I think the real reason that the uh, NARS championships are in Iowa is because it's probably close enough that I can get I hope, there. I hope so, man. And we look forward to making sure you're back in Belize with us. So just pen it in now. We'll get you there. Okay. Well, I'll put it in pencil. How's that sound? <laughs> I'd rather we're in ink. <laughs> okay. But I'll, take I'll put it in my Google Calendar. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks very much. This is this. I, this was a good yeah, one. I know I say it all the time. We'll follow but, up about the project. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk later. Thanks, Randy. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks for the chat. Bye.
Let them know say everything is determined. Let them know everything compassed. Right and now, how you may have forget oh, Everything done, cook and everything done. Yes, if for loving you want and worry. Yes, you are gonna get it, you don't have to worry. Yes, right and now. I've got you to hold my hand. I've got you to understand. I've got you to walk with me. I've got you to talk with me. Don't worry. Everything done, cook and everything done. Don't bring your heart to go to the floor. Yes, I can know. Me have the money. You have the honey. So me can't do it. 